Our text for today is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning at verse 46. Then Jesus came to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into wine. Now there was a royal official whose son lay ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started on his way. As he was going down, his slaves met him and told him that his child was alive. So he asked them the hour when he began to recover, and they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he himself believed along with his whole household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Fathers come in all shapes and sizes. Fathers come in great varieties. There's a great difference between fathers. Some fathers are better at giving their children the gifts that they need to succeed in life, and some fathers give their children the scars that they must overcome in order to succeed in life. Some fathers lavish unconditional love and affirmation on their children, and some fathers make their children earn every compliment that they might perhaps receive. I really like the father in this story. I like the father in this story because he did what was necessary for the good of his son. The father in this story had a son that was at the point of death, so the father walked the distance from Capernaum to Cana to find Jesus. This father knew somehow that Jesus could heal his son. So the 20 miles he went to find Jesus. And when he found Jesus, an amazing thing happened. Jesus said to this father, go, your son will live. At that point, another amazing thing happened. The father believed the word of Jesus and he began walking back the 20 miles to Capernaum. And as he reached Capernaum, another amazing thing happened. He encountered one of his servants, and the servant said that your son is getting better. And the father here in this story asked the servant, when did my son begin to get better? And the servant said, yesterday, about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And the father remembered that was the time of the day when Jesus said to him, your son will live. I really like the father in this story. This father did not allow his pride to keep him away from Jesus. 
In the text, we are told that this father was a royal official, a basilikos in the Greek. He was a Roman soldier of some status, perhaps serving at the court of Herod Antipas. And he was a person of great status, a person of great rank, but still he was willing to do what he needed to do for the sake of his son. He walked the distance to find that poor, itinerant, Galilean preacher, Jesus. And he begged Jesus to heal his son. Andrew Murray is one of my heroes in the faith. Andrew Murray has written several classics in the Christian faith. Uh, in the 19th century, in 1888, he wrote a book entitled Abide in Christ that has become a staple of Protestant Christian formation. It was Andrew Murray who said one time, pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Sometimes we allow our pride to keep us away from Jesus. Sometimes we allow our pride to keep us away from the blessings that God has in store for us. You know, it's fine to appreciate the gifts in other people. It's fine to appreciate the gifts that you have in your own life, but pride is a different issue. Pride is an overblown estimation of self. It's to be self-satisfied. It's to be self-sufficient. It's to be so full of self that you don't have room for God to bring blessings into your life. Pride can prevent us from saying, I'm sorry. Pride can prevent us from pleading for help. Pride can prevent us from realizing that we do not have what it takes. The father in this story, though he was a basilicos, a royal official, knew he did not have what it took to heal his son. So he made the journey to Jesus and he begged Jesus for the healing of his son. Pride can be a very dangerous thing. I, I know that one of the worst funeral songs I've ever heard played at a funeral was a recording of Frank Sinatra singing, I did it my way. I've lived a life that's full I've traveled each and every highway, and more, much more than this, the song says, I did it my way. That really could be the anthem of a narcissistic age. Pride can be a deadly thing in life, particularly from a spiritual perspective. So I like the father in this text, who though he had great status, was willing to go to that simple Galilean preacher and beg for his son. This father in the text obviously is a man of great faith. He goes to Jesus and as soon as Jesus says to him, go, your son will live, he turns and he begins walking back to Capernaum. Our faith is in Jesus. We need to remember that Jesus always heals us. Jesus either heals us in this life or Jesus heals us in the life to come 
but Jesus always heals. The father in this story was a man of great faith. We all live by faith to some extent. The most hardcore rationalist among us still will sit down in a chair, having faith that chair will hold him up. The most hardcore rationalist among us will tend to go as the light turns green, having faith that others will stop when their light turns red. We all live by faith to a certain extent, but the father in this story had a specific type of faith. He had faith in Jesus. Our faith is only as good as the object of our faith. Here in this text, the father had faith in Jesus. There was something in him that told him that if he could just get to Jesus, Jesus could heal his son, his little boy, as the text says, that was at the point of death. This example of faith in the text was probably a Gentile, non-Jew. He was serving the occupying army there in the Galilee. He probably served the occupying army there in the Galilee by collecting taxes from the Jewish people. But still yet, we see Jesus using him in this text as a great example of faith. At its most basic level, Christian faith is believing in the words of Jesus. We believe Jesus when Jesus says to us, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We believe Jesus because we've heard Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We believe Jesus because we have heard Jesus say, I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. We believe Jesus when he says, you must be born again. We believe the word of Jesus when he tells us, I am the resurrection and I am the life. The one who believes in me will never, never die. So the father in this story today is a father who did what was necessary for his little boy to live. The father in the story today refused to allow his pride to keep him from doing what he needed to do and to find his way to Jesus and to realize that there was one greater than he. The father in this story today is a man of great faith, faith in Jesus, the healer. May I talk directly to the fathers that are listening this morning. The rest of you are invited to overhear or to listen in. Let me say this to the fathers in the room. I am a father, so I think we can have an honest conversation father to father. You know, as a father, you can give to your children a good education, a strong work ethic. 
You can teach them to respect all other people. You can show them how to live as a kind human being. And these are all wonderful things that you can give to your children. But if you do not help your children find Jesus Christ, you may be helping them to miss out on the greatest joy in this life and the greatest joy in the life to come. I hope that you understand that if you want to find happiness in this life, the thing that you don't want to do is to pursue happiness. If you want to find happiness in this life, you must pursue holiness, and then you'll find happiness in this life. I had a wonderful father, a great father. He was not a perfect father, but he was a great father. I believe that part of growing up, part of growing into maturity, is getting to that point in our lives where we can forgive our parents for not being perfect. I know that when we're born into this world, we think that our parents are perfect, our parents can do all things, but as we get older, we begin to learn that even our parents have feet of clay. So part of growing up, part of becoming an adult is forgiving your father, forgiving your mother, because they are not perfect. They were not perfect. I had a great father, a good father, not a perfect father. He gave me so many wonderful gifts. He was part of that greatest generation. He passed away just a little over a year ago at age 96. He was part of that generation that went through the Depression. He went through the Second World War. He was part of General Patton's Third Army that liberated Europe from the evil of Nazism. And my father gave me many gifts. My father saw to it that I received a good education. My father saw to it that I received a strong work ethic. And I, and I came to value work for the sake of work, not just because it can provide an income. My father taught me to respect all other people. And my father taught me how to be a kind human being. But beyond all of that, and I'm so grateful for all of that, my father saw to it that every Sunday I was in Sunday school, every Sunday I was in church. My father took me every Sunday to a place where Jesus was happening, and I'm so grateful for that. My father gave me so much in life, but he did not fail to give me the most important thing in life. He made sure that I found Jesus. He made sure that in all of my getting in life that I nurtured a relationship with Jesus Christ. So to you fathers out there, I, I pray that you, that we as fathers, will give our children that which they need the most, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then they will have the resources 
the inner resources, the spiritual resources to make it through life. So I encourage you, fathers, to do whatever is necessary, like this father in this story this morning, to make sure that your child will be blessed by Jesus Christ. So I, I hope, I pray that you'll help your children find Jesus. And at minimum, I pray that for God's sake, you certainly will not hinder your children from creating that relationship with Jesus Christ. So to all you fathers out there, I encourage you to remember the perfect father who has given us so much, the perfect father who has given us Jesus Christ. And on this Father's Day, I pray that you will recommit to being the kind of father that God would have you, us, to be. Father, grandfather, to those people that God has sent into our lives, those people that we can mentor and serve in a fatherly fashion. I hope that today you will feel the presence of the Father in your life. I hope that today you will have a blessed and spirit-filled Father's Day. May I pray with you? Oh God, for the gift of this day, we give you thanks. For the gift of your parental love toward each one of us, we are eternally grateful. For those times in our lives when we feel your strong arms of embrace around us, we are grateful. We thank you, Father, that you have given us your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray, God, that in all of life we will be found faithful serving Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of this worship this morning. We thank you that again we have been in his presence. And now because we have been in his presence, may we go into the world and live as Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the physical presence of Jesus in this world. Fill us with your spirit, O oh God, so that Jesus can live through each one of us. In his powerful, in his healing name, we pray. Amen.